Hello and welcome to another episode of Voices to Dream. I'm your host, Suzanne Mann, also known as The Challenge Girl. Voices to Dream is about interviewing guests from around the world and sharing our stories and our wisdom in the hope that we can all learn from them. Because for me, having conversations, listening to people's stories is truly how we learn and love and become more compassionate people. So through sharing our voices, we also, I also hope that we also are able to dream a bit more, open up our lives to the dreams and hopes of those things, those things around us, stop being scared and realize that it's, it's our dreams that keep us going. I hope you enjoy our guest today. He has a magnificent story and truly you will definitely hear how his he how how he has made his dreams come true. So enjoy, please like, subscribe, comment and share because I guess my biggest hope is that with with these podcasts is that more and more people are able to hear them, not so much so that not so much from me becoming popular, but because I want my my guests stories to be heard. They are all such brilliant people and truly deserve to have a, a, a very large audience. So thank you for being with me and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Voices to Dream. I'm Suzanne Mann, the challenge girl, and I have a beautiful guest with me today. For those of you who are just listening, you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> you need to you need to get on YouTube and have a look because I have the beautiful Angela Gorin with me. Welcome, Angela. Hi, Susan. So great to be here on Voices to Dream. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Now, we are going to be talking about a lot of different stuff with Angela. We're going to be talking about how she started out in life, her sports journey, her current passions, and we're going to get into some good right for the new right in time for the new year, some good goal setting. Because I figure once you hear about Angela, you'll understand why I'm asking her that. Now, just so I always just like to tell everyone how I know my guest and Oh, I have a lot of show and tell here. If you are just listening, I apologize. But I'm showing <laughs> my beautiful run for Pompeii half marathon medal, which is the best yep. medal I've ever had because the swimming, it's with where they have the swimming pigs and the pig actually swims. And Angela actually did the half marathon. I only did the 10K. <laughs> no, it's not about only. You did. You showed up and you did it. So that's it. That's all. That's. I knew <laughs> I out. liked you. I knew I liked you. And in the end, it doesn't matter what you did because you still get a medal that says half marathon on it. <laughs> Big dreams, right? If this is voices to dream. I'm just going to say like, it's perfect. Perfect. It's about the dreaming. It's about the dreaming. Now, Angela, I don't read a bio or anything because I figure that my guest is the best person to tell me who they are. Can you tell me a bit about you? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I don't want to start at the very beginning. Um, I'm going to keep this short snappy so we can just get right into coffee chat here on a, <laughs> on a, on a fun morning. 
Um, a little bit about myself. Well, I am Canadian, so you'll probably hear the abouts and the A's come out in this in this podcast. So for any of uh, my friendly fellow listeners up in the great white north, as we know it right now, as the snow starts to fall, um, I grew up on the west coast of Canada in the beautiful, beautiful island of Vancouver Island, um, nice. where I'm close to Victoria, BC, which is where I also graduated from the University of Victoria in uh, 2004. So for those that want to date date me, um, you can go back to that in the sense of understanding my age, but I, I have no puns on that. So I'm 43 years old. Um, I'm, I feel very fortunate. I live now in the central, I call central part, eastern part, Suzanne, of Canada. Um, for some Canadians, they consider Ontario that part, but I live in the nation's capital city, which is Ottawa, Ontario, don't ask me why we can get into that though. Um, <laughs> and because <laughs> that's a story on its own, but we all have journeys. So um, I guess course of my life um, started off obviously growing up as a little girl in probably one of the best places as I would say in the world. When you think about outdoor activities, the world was my oyster, literally from the ocean to the mountains, to the trails. Uh, I just grew up being active and playing and having an incredible opportunity through my family to inspire me to be that. So hence why, obviously, as we get into the conversation, sport has been a very large part of my life, um, whether it's being on three different national teams and masters. And of course, I know we're going to get into it, the most recent um, success behind the elite uh, one hour indoor cycling Canadian record um, that I beat and I won and I took home for, for my country on August 26th. But then also I, I'm listed now as the seventh fastest woman in the world. Um, but also, you know, one of those older ones, yeah, which is kind of cool, like unsponsored, <laughs> did it on my own. But that was the sports side. Um, I grew up uh, with an academic family, all teachers, lots of educators. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the teachers um, that are listening and the educators, which you all are if you have a family. Um, so that was a really big part of my life was academic. So, of course, I went on to post-secondary and I thought at a young age <laughs> I would be a politician, hence why I'm in Ottawa. But um, I did follow the trails. I was very lucky and fortunate to work for an incredible woman in B.C. provincial government, um, the Minister of State for Early Childhood Development, Linda Reed, um, who was one of my first mentors back in 2000. Oh gosh, we met in 2002. And I just was, you know, blessed to have that job right out of university that so many students, you know, these days are oftentimes trying to find. But it was because of her and some great networks and, and networks being something that will, uh, you know, I'll definitely touch on in today's conversation of how important it is to build your community of people that you can rely on and your friends and your family. Um, that is what got me to Ottawa and working for the federal government. Um, but uh, I soon discovered this incredible opportunity um, to support more people and communities faster than going into this pursuit of being a politician. Um, and it's thanks to actually the last politician who worked for Monty Salberg, who in Canada worked for and was a Minister of Human Resources and Social Development Canada, long acronym. But the journey is what got me to what I am doing today and aspiring to do, which is truly to impact our communities, drive philanthropy, but more so for next generation. And, and I know, Susan, we've spoken about this, but the financial and fiscal leadership and education we need to put. So I am disrupting the banking system and the financial system as one of those incredible innovators in the fintech motion. But it's all because of my government background. And really, um, you know, the last, I'd say, career move that I had was overseeing and helping look at debt um, consolidation and our next gen and the job creation that Canada had. And this is going back to, you know, 2007, eight. So for me, it was a real, 
um, eye opener um, at my late twenties, you know, when yeah. I had this full-time job, great salary um, that pushed me into what I'm doing today and, and where I'm very, very, very passionate. And it combines really nicely with my sport, sport lifestyle as well. So I think it's just been wonderful to be blessed at this stage in my life to be doing everything I'm passionate about and purpose-focused and excited to share more with you today. Now, that was that was an amazing recap of your life, but I just need to say, we seem to have missed an entire big section there. <laughs> now, how quickly can you go through the fact that you've been an Olympian, an Iron Woman, and yes, uh, uh, like one of the seventh fastest indoor women's female cyclist in the world? Um <laughs> <laughs> well, I always like to I always like to say I didn't actually get to go to the Olympics. Um, it was one of those things. I was on the national team. We all have our stories. Uh, and so I very much pride myself on saying I've been on three separate national teams and competed at international levels. 2004 Olympics were definitely um I site. That's a whole podcast on its own of journey and and what and why also you know and again I did have that great job to fall back on um that gave me purpose but that on its own was definitely a, a pursuit and I was very fortunate again to kind of turn up events after um being with rowing Canada uh I quickly went right into cycling which obviously you know in my early 20s was very very um much in love and, and got on to the national team again on a on a junior development side so I've had lots of these opportunities in sport and definitely excelled and definitely learned a lot from the cycling community and the network on Vancouver Island as you know going back to like 2006 seven. Um, there was not a lot of women professional cyclists. Like this was like the Mecca of a lot of mountain bikers were coming out of the woodwork and doing exceptionally well. We had our Alison Sidors in Canada and um, globally, but you know, it wasn't a paid sport for women, but it was one that I definitely fell in love with. And that was my intro to kind of being uber competitive and lo and behold, the Ironman stuff. That is a whole story on its own, but yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> Ottawa, Susan, let me tell you, when you move to Ottawa, it's a real government. It's like Washington, D.C. in the U.S. Um, it's like you're, you know, it's a beautiful place to live. Lot, like great for families, huge outdoor sports. But A, we didn't have a velodrome, the the cycling um, a cycling indoors um, center. Uh, and at the same point in time, Ottawa really boasts a really large population of triathletes and, and runners. Right. Um, so I just kind of got absorbed, to be honest, in that triathlon community. So that's how I got into Ironmans. Like I, you know, I kind of joke, I, I can bike really fast, as you know, <laughs> I'm a pretty damn good runner. Um, and then the swimming was like, huh, you know, swimming can't I know how to hard. swim. <laughs> swim so I, and and anybody that's a triathlete listening to this they totally get it even like the professionals were all like we can all swim like if unless you're like a lucy charles who's freaking badass and shout out to lucy because freaking i i watch her and i just go wow like she's a dead hardcore swimmer but you know i think for me i just laugh i'm like i can survive this swim and all i can think about the whole time i'm swimming if and when i go back to triathlon which i will be um it, it's literally like just get out of the water just get out of the water get to the bike get to the bike yeah. Oh my goodness. But, but yeah. in saying, in saying you just was, were sort of thrust into it, you then, can you explain the process of then getting into be, being accepted into the Kona? Oh yeah, no, for sure. Well, I think, okay. So. <laughs> Cause I understand the, that that was your first try. 
Exactly. First triathlon, first Ironman. Um, so obviously in the world of triathlon, there's these different distances. If you're watching the Olympic sports, of course, the Olympic distance is a lot shorter than an Ironman, but it's really fast. So for those that are listening and are watching, um, triathlons have different distances. So you've got your sprint distances, your Olympic, then you've got your halves and you've got your fulls. Now, in the world of business, there's this incredible organization called Ironman. There are others that are out there, like the Challenge Series, right, that are, again, replica or long course, which is if you're on a national team, Ironman, again, is a brand. Right. Um, I ended up with a network of great, again, community and friends getting, you know, kind of suckered into this opportunity to like, oh, you should just do some 70.3s. This is going back to like 2010. So I started, you know, training. <laughs> for 70.3 what does that mean 70.3 so, oh yeah so 70 so 70.3 is a half is a half Ironman distance or a half ah, distance okay yeah um and so you know I got into that and really loved it was doing exceptionally well you know placing often on the podium and of course then it just became this opportunity um, as close to Ottawa, Mont-Tremblant this beautiful beautiful place it's about a two and a half hour drive north east of Ottawa in Quebec and it's it's all it's like its own little village it's its own little world and Iron Man announced that it was going to be doing a full and a half in Mont-Tremblant in 2012 so in 2011 with a group of great people we figured great you know what let's let's register for the full so it was my first full I put you know the time and dedication into it like any pro would um, I, you know, was working still full time, but at this stage I had started my first company. I had left government now, uh, and I was working full time on my socks in the school and we can get into talking about the business side shortly, but yeah, definitely, um, you know, laced up the shoes, got into the pool, put in those extra miles and lo and behold, I came out in the top 20 in my first Ironman with a sub, um, 11 hours at the, at that time and, and definitely got the roll call to go to Kona. So, um, I didn't go. And the only reason I didn't go to Kona is because uh, it was August and Kona was five weeks later in Kona. And for me, it was a budget thing. I had a, I had the school program starting up with sock jock in September right? and I had to be present. Like I was the only one with one other employee that I had at that time operating a full-fledged program across three provinces. <laughs> so mainly Ontario, but it was big enough that I was kind of like, okay, I had other further responsibilities. So it was a great feat for sure. And oh my gosh, an amazing course. So for triathletes that are out there looking for a challenge, um, I I absolutely loved it. I have gone to Kona, not as a athlete. Um, maybe, maybe it will be on my bucket list. I'll have to like do a shout out and See if, uh, see if Mark or somebody from Sports Stats or somebody in my network will be like, yeah, we'll just give her an executive pass. She can go do it. Because um, <laughs> it'd be fun to just go and do it and raise funding for the Ironman Foundation and get yeah. out there and, and uh, get get to Kona as just kind of like that last challenge check mark, yeah. which I love to do those kind of things. Well, and I love as well. So you said that was 2012. So mm -hmm. that's 10 years ago. And so, I mean, it's not like you were 22 either. So this no, is, no. I, I guess I, I guess I just want to, I feel like it's one of these things again, where so often I think we're, we're, we are our own worst enemies, you know, of, I'm oh, sorry. I'm too old. Oh, I'm a mom or, you know, no, I can't do that. I haven't, you know, oh, yeah. we set, we oh, set the limits for of ourselves. Talking about the mom, you should say this, Susan, because this is huge for the women listeners, for you. 
This year alone, not only was the Ironman World Championships won by a mom who has a brand new 18 month old. No, I did not the know that. First time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and also for the first time, I think in 25 years, an American woman. So there you go. And then also we've we've had Sarah True, another great American, three-time, I think three or four times, Sora Sarah, if I'm getting this wrong, Olympic athlete. She won the Ironman Arizona just recently. New mom. So there you go. I'm like, you know, age is nothing. I think it really has to do about you, your purpose, what you're here to do, showing up. And it's not just about getting on the podium. It's about getting on your podium, period. That's what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's like, and it's like, yeah, you said that it wasn't that I'd only done the 10 because I have to stop myself doing that. You know, it's take the just, take the onlys out and just be proud of what you've done, you know, that you you showed up and you did it. And, you know, that's, I, that again, let's, we'll talk about that a bit later, but I can, I mean, even from what you're saying, you have you have a big passion for supporting women in sport as well. Huge passion. <laughs> Massive passion. Hence why I'm here in California right now, uh, dialing in from a phone booth um, <laughs> in one of these incubator spaces as, yeah, I've made this mission now uh, after this incredible opportunity to go and try my best at breaking breaking a record to put my foot forward to create what I'm hoping to be one of the largest endowment funds across North America for girls and women in sport, starting with a feature docu-film series, which I'm very excited to share, obviously, because I'm out here in California and I'll be on my way back to Hollywood or Beverly Hills this forthcoming week, but um, be working very closely with Pivotal Moments Media Group, which is owned by Robert Morgan. And really, it's, it is called, the title is Perfect Our Podium, breaking records and barriers for girls and women in sport and oh, get ready because it. it will start to air yeah next year at this time in the fall of 2023 um you'll start to be able to capture this um this feature film hopefully through some of our education programs um and our networks but also on some major networks as well so very exciting times yeah and why is it so okay and now i know but I want to hear it from you as well. Why is it so important, this focus on women and girls? Because I have a teenage boy and he is, I mean, he's he's fabulous. But I feel like a lot of the kids these days don't realize what has come before. They don't realize, you know, that, that they just see that there's a lot of feminist activity or, you know, oh, yeah, there's, why are, why are women, why do women need so much? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, you know, I think it's obviously it's based on past history and I, you know, in recourse, um, for me, it's a passion to be able to give back because I come from a single family home. Um, I only have one sibling, uh, an incredible brother. Um, shout out to my brother, Andrew, because he's definitely been a big part of my life um, up until, you know, obviously until today, a uh, big champion for me and all the crazy stuff that I've done. But I think when I look back now and these incredible stories and conversations, these other incredible women that I have met and men along the way, there's just definitely been a discourse uh, in the sense of like the access points for women and girls in sport and how do we make that change and elevate that conversation forward. So whether it be on media exposure, because let's face it, like if we look at, if you turn on the television tonight, it's Monday night, guess what? Probably Monday night football, there's hockey, and, and yeah. are they females that you're watching? No. 
who's getting all the millions and millions of dollars of broadcast rights. Now I get it. Like why these athletes have astronomical budgets is because, well, guess what? They've got the media, hence why the brands can pay for it. So I think for a long time, uh, women have just not been given that opportunity by a network and or networks to be able to showcase. And, you know, trust me, I'm pretty sure if we had professional baseball, basketball, hockey of the women's on at the same time in the evenings on these highlighted evenings, we would show up as a family to watch it. Like I know yeah. more parents, right? So I just, I think for me, it was, there's kind of a two and when I really wanted to see that equal uh, opportunity for women to get the exposure and the opportunity sport has given me personally for my mental well-being, my personal well-being, my, my benefit to my body and my mind, but just the people around me has just driven my life into ways that I would want to be able to pay that forward to the next generation to let them know that they have access to this and that they can go through these similar experiences that I have had. Um, and it really, I really love how sport builds resilience in young women. Um, and that for me is like a key ingredient. And I think oftentimes at that same age as your son, girls fall off the radar on being able to build their confidence and their esteem and build themselves outside of what their looks are and, and really start to understand their own grit. And that's what I really want to drive forward. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Their own strength inside. I love that. And I think that, and it, because it really is a vicious, it's like, it's a vicious cycle, isn't it? I mean, they're getting paid more because of the media, that the media is doing it because they're, you know, because they're getting the sponsorship. It's it, you, you've, got to, you've got to exactly. break the cycle somewhere there. So, and yep. and take some strong stands to try and change the, change the dynamic of it. So, 100%. and that's, I mean, that, that's what this podcast is supposed to be about as well. That's where the dreaming part comes from, because it really is. I just figure we don't need to know it's not about knowing the answers. It's about having the dream. Mm-hmm. Cause that's yeah. the first, that's the first step, isn't it? You've got to just at least know what you're sort of aiming for. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I want to achieve this. And then it's like building that process to get that's there. Right. Are there others involved? Exactly. That's right. That's right. Now, can you tell me a bit about now? I must admit, I don't completely understand the FinTech part and, you know, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Can you explain it to me in very easy to understand terms. Easy to under- It's Absolutely. like you're a sporting banker. I don't know. <laughs> sporting, exactly. Well, Susan and, and listeners and viewers, um, I'm assuming that you have a bank account. Yes. Perfect. Do you have a digital bank account? Are you able to use a mobile wallet on your yes. phone or on a wearable? Yes. Perfect. Okay. I tap all the time. I, I love it. So <laughs> This is what we call the forward advancement of where everyday financial services are headed, right? Digital, optimized, seamless, at the click of a button. So my company, Tap and Go Technologies, what I started to see, which is interesting, and this is going back to 2015, when I stopped, well, I shouldn't say stopped, when I transferred over, made a pivot from my socks in the school program that was really, in essence, focused on giving youth the ability to raise awareness and funds for their schools through programs they cared. What I learned through that first business Hmm. was we set up all these e-commerce shops. So they were little businesses on their own for each one of the schools. And the parents and the teachers got involved was that we were losing money or giving more money to the payment processors, the payment gateways, the banks, the credit card issuers than we were to the causes that the kids cared about. And that really resonated across 
you know, like at the end of kind of like a school year, we would do a wrap up, a round table wrap up with like the teachers and the leaders. And year after year, Susan, it was this constant reminder that why are we giving more money away to these third parties than what we're doing? And we already have the customer. It, it's the parents that are purchasing the socks and the communities that the kids have marketed to. We shouldn't have to pay to get them. We shouldn't have to pay to process this because we already processed it last month. Right. So it was just, you know, it kind of, for me, it was really interesting of going, do day-to-day -day consumers, do we trend and do we purchase from the same places? And the answer is absolutely. If I was to Susan say, Hey, give me your, give me 30 days of your bank statement and our credit card statements. I guarantee 90% is the same grocery store, same restaurant you and your family like to go to maybe the movies, you know, your gym, your gym membership that yeah. comes out once a month, your utilities at the end of the day, maybe that little extra money spend that you, you like to put towards something you really like. Right. And what I found was that as humans, we are habitual, but the payments side, the banking side, they're not habitual because they're not really now, as we move into this modern digital era, they're not thinking about who we are as a customer. They're still outsourcing all of their tools to third parties. So when you think about the payment processors, so when you go into a store like Starbucks, you buy a Starbucks yeah. coffee, right? You, you take your card out when you tap that to the terminal or the little POS, right. Yeah. That you put your card into, well, that's a third party. And that yeah. third party is charging that small business a certain amount to use that technology to pull money from your bank account. Now the bank's making money off of that, but also the processor through that third party, the bank. So it's kind of like when I paint the picture to the everyday and to give you an idea of fintech of what I'm simplifying yeah. is right now when the average person takes out a card, a credit card, let's start with a credit card, the money has to move across four fund rails to actually get to the purchase that's making, making possible happen. Right. And, and every right. one of those is taking a little bit out. You got it. So credit cards four. Yep. Debit cards are a direct bank account three because they don't have to go outside to the Visa, MasterCard, Amex line. Right. So as you're right, so everybody's got to take a little piece of the cookie, right? Which actually well, means well, that then your item ends up costing more because they want to make sure they're getting what they want. Yeah, exactly. And we're starting to see now, which is interesting in the payment space, and this became law in the last 60 days, is that merchants have the ability legally to add an additional fee should they want to the customer if they use a credit card. Now, this is new, right? Like I I definitely have seen some merchants do it already. Some are yeah. saying, look, it's not worth it. I want our customers to come in. I've we're definitely seen that, that before. It's like, well, it's like yeah. when, especially with Amex, people say it's yes. extra for Amex or whatever. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Because they're, it's an it's additional fee depending on the Amex card. So mm -hmm. what we've done at Tap and Go Technologies is really, truly innovated on putting all of those lines that you learned about the four or three into yeah. one ecosystem. So I've gone out and got my bank licenses to be able to issue you, Susan, an actual bank product, a digital wallet specific to a niche that we know people are passionate in. I'm starting with sport and wellness. There's other ones that will come, yeah. but out of that, then creating this market where there's brands and organizations and events that are sport wellness related so that when you now shop, and use your issued card that we have directly with these merchants in the marketplace, we're going to cover the processing fee. 
We're going to cover all of those lines of fund rails because we've simplified it. We've given you, the customer, the card. We've got the marketplace. And now we've linked it across one rail. So there's no having to go across three wow. or four rails to pull the money. So I always kind of simplify it. It's just, it's simple math, right? It's kind of like, okay, well, we just got the equation down to actually owning marketplace, being able to lower the cost for a, a merchant to acquire a customer. Yeah. And then for that, we've asked the merchant to say, what would you share with somebody like Susan to be able to, you know, give back? So that's where like Amazon charges 15% to a customer or sorry, to a merchant when they actually sign in and sign up and have an acquisition take place. So that's usually where we say to the merchant, would you not be willing to share 15% with us when that transaction takes place, when we can show you it took place? Right. And we don't charge you a processor fee. So it's a value add for them to be able to do that. And then we share in some of that with our customers so you can have cash in your pocket to do your next purchase in the community and the ecosystem that you love. So, there so you you're go. actually trying to lower the prices for us, lower the prices, give back. And this is also on the other side for the small business owner as well. Yeah. Right. It's a win-win. Like oh, I, I love it. So, yeah. So that's kind of, and we're very vertical focused. Like when we started building tap and go, it wasn't about going into one focused area where definitely when we first started, it was like, Oh, we're just going to go with Athletica rewards, the, you know, afford the sport you love and lead built by athletes for athletes. But as I started to go into it and surround myself with mentors and people within the in the marketplace of technology and innovation, more and more we're saying, why would you just narrow yourself if you're building this incredible, powerful technology that you could actually down the road, either license to somebody else who wants to build their own niche vertical or you want to expand? And we've already seen that like with the pandemic that came you know, for us, as, as we sat down for like two years, two years that we didn't think we were all going to be locked down for. And I was supposed to launch with my team, our first product into the market with a lot of sporting events. We started to really look at this ability then to support another vertical. And we looked at, believe it or not, you're going to love it, females, female founders and women in business. So it was that same kind of concept of where are women in business spending their time and their money? How could we support them? What do they need for financial services? Do they need oper operational lines of credit, loans? How much access to loans and financing and funding support are they getting today? We know still 3.5% of women are, are getting investment dollars out of the entire ecosystem to this day, Yeah. right? You know, what, why, where are we missing out on this? So for me, Alexandrite is our second product and program. I love it. Alexandrite for those women listeners, it's a rare gem, you know, Emerald by day, <laughs> Ruby by night, all shades of color. Oh, I we're love exquisite. it. We're expensive. That's what we are. So I very excited about Alexandrite and, and talking more about it in international women's month in March. And, and of course, dropping it on March the 8th, but that became another passion project of taking this technology that we've built that's an enabler and and truly mist, taking that mystification out of the bank system to really educate people on where their money matters and where it makes most sense so that we can put more money back into yeah. their pockets and the businesses where they spend money constantly. So. Well, now normally I'd wait till the end to do this, but I'm going to change things up a bit. How do people, how do people find out about this and it, first of all is it only in the US only in Canada how can people find out about you any of this if any business Absolutely. owners oh my gosh customers for sure, for sure. <laughs> um well this is what's really cool so we are the first fintech to be licensed across all of North America 
Um, we have our bank sponsored licenses uh, across Canada, the US, and going into the later part of 2023 in Mexico. Um, so it truly will be an all North American play. Uh, very, very excited um, to be able to launch that. You can follow us or check us out at Tap and Go. It's spelled T-A-P-A-N-G-O.com. And for sure, Susan can send you all the links. I will put that on the, I'll put that on the bottom yeah, there. Exactly. So. And I'm approachable, as you know, I have, if people have questions, they can reach out. I'm very um, direct on my social on LinkedIn, um, as well as on Instagram, um, both between my sport and my business. And I've got an incredible, incredible PR lead, Lauren Gout. Um, who's going to be helping manage my social moving forward. So yeah, like please, any listeners or viewers, you know, if you reach out to Susan and you want more point of contact, I'm here. I'm here to answer. I'm here Beautiful. to have supporters. I'm here to here to listen to questions and, and offer educational resources and tools for those that are in need. That's what Beautiful. I'm here to help with. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. And I know you're, you're a sporty, smart, beautiful, everything. <laughs> Whole oh, package. Likewise. Don't tell me you can, can you, can you sing? Tell me you can't sing. I can sing. Oh, what? <laughs> so, I can sing. I can sing, but don't ask me to play piano. The funny thing is I used to play flute. So flute and singing don't go hand in hand because you, you have to play it at the same yeah, time. No. So, um, but no, I actually, I went, I was very fortunate. I grew up singing. I went to a school where we had to do arts and sports at the same time. So I got very involved with the Conservatory of Music in Victoria, as well as a lot of vocal jazz um, definitely played in the sense of like lots of musicals and plays and in, in my past. So I belt out a tuner here or there, you know, I'll probably be singing that our Christmas, oh our Christmas my party goodness. with my family. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, you need to have something that's, that's more what I'm enjoying at this point in time is not sweating as much, you know, Susan, I'm, I'm enjoying a couple of, you know, merry tunes and, and some good times, but <laughs> Definitely. Uh, music's been a big part of my life. I absolutely, I enjoy singing and, but okay, not, well, not as a professional. That's just something I do for fun. Well, I'm going to get everyone onto your Instagram as well, because I'm going to ask a special request that coming up, you put you singing on your Instagram. Oh God. Okay. I'm up for the challenge for sure. I'll sing, I'll do a, a Christmas interlude, but you, yeah. my friends will know this. If, if you give me your birthday, on birthdays, I, I sing and I send happy birthday notes to everybody privately. Um, and wow. they're all they're sometimes in different languages as well. So it's just a little, a little special. So you can be added to my, well, my you might, you might be a little bit busy because you're launching, um, what was it called again? Afra? No, the, the, the gem on the Mar on March 8th. Oh, Alexandrite. Alexandrite. But is that your my, birthday? My birthday is March 7. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Well, this is going to be easy to remember. <laughs> I love it. I so love I, it. I understand if you're a little bit busy though. That's okay. That's all right. All it takes is a quick second to sing happy birthday. It's easy. I've done it from the part, my parked vehicle for friends before. It's oh my goodness. Oh, I love it. Oh gosh. That was a surprise. Didn't I can't believe you can sing as well. Okay. Now I'm really starting to hate you. There's, there's things I can't do though. I don't jump out of planes. I can't do, I can't do cartwheels. No, Most I can't girls either. Can do cartwheels. No. If anybody wants to see a funny cartwheel, just ask me. I will literally <laughs> gymnastics and, and Jonathan Elkenbrack, who's my RMT, but also my trainer who helped me get to this world record. Susan, like, honestly, if you ask John, I, I am a girl that got no jump. Like it's hilarious. Like I, I can run, I can do anything horizontal like really yeah. fast yeah but the minute you ask me to get any form of air I might be five <laughs> foot nine 
but I'm sorry. It's, it's a scary thing. I'm not a jumper. So. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. There's something you can't do. I love it. Something okay. I cannot do. <laughs> okay. Well now, yet normally we go into what your dream for the world would be if you had all the money and power and stuff in the world. But what I'm actually thinking is I wanted to discuss with you a little bit of a different thing because I did want to talk about, you know, New Year's resolutions and stuff. And I guess one of my questions to you was, I always say it's important to dream big because dreams are where we get our hope from. You know, for me, that's, you know, and like I said, it doesn't need to be, you don't need to know the answer, but what's the difference between having a dream and setting a goal? Hmm. This is a really good question. I like it. And I love that it's coming for everybody that's thinking about January 1st, right around the corner, right? Mm. Um, what is the difference between a dream and a goal? Well, you know what? A dream is something, at least, in, and this is my opinion, right? Everybody can have their own. Yeah. Uh, a dream is something that I always look at as a vision of something I would love to be able to do and achieve. It has to be written down. I have to see it. It might not be something that's going to happen this year. It might not be something that happens in the next five years, but it's almost like, you know, people have said it in, in before, and you've probably heard this is the bucket list, right? Like, what do you dream to do? What are these things? And I, I always look at, for me, I laugh. I always, I do share this because it became a huge part of our socks in the school program. And it still is for me today, a huge tool that I use. Vision boarding is really, really a part, a big part of my life. Yeah. Um, my, my grandma, my mom's, uh, my mom's mom, huge inspiration to me. And a lot of the reasons of what I do today um, stems from her and her, her, just her passion for life and what she and my mom both instilled in me, but journaling slash creating ironically, an obituary upon my graduation in 2004 from university really stemmed me to think about what in life, if I were to pass, what people would want to write because this is what I touched them for and, or was remembered for. Wow. And it's kind of a neat exercise. Like I know, you know, oftentimes when we dealt with kids, Susan, we never said, you know, we never touched on death because it is a very big topic, but we touched on, you know, imagine you're 90 years old and you're looking back on, on your life and you're trying to think about all these incredible things. What are those pivotal, which is why I love Robert Morgan and pivotal moments media. What are those pivotal moments in your life that truly defined who you were? And, and really what it comes down to Susan is exactly this reaching those things that you dream to do. And then you fulfilled and that's setting the goal. So there's a distinguished difference. There's dreaming big, is dreaming small, but they're setting the goals to get to what those dreams are because nothing happens without failure. And I'll tell everybody that's listening. If you think that getting up every single day and to be what I'm doing today or what you're doing, Susan is easy. It is not. There has been struggles. There have been tears. There has been sweat. There's been blood. (laughs) There's been it all. And, and I just, you know, I think we often see the best in most people on most days, but it's hard. You know, I think mm. nobody can say that. And I don't care whether you're 12 years old, eight years old, 15 years old, 90 years old, or 43, like myself, um, we all have our days. And I think that's the differential for 
setting those dreams and those goals and recognizing the resilience it's going to take for you to get there. But once you get there, just like breaking that record for me on August 26th, and people can watch my Instagram story. I know you, you saw it, Susan. Yes. 25th was supposed to be my day and I pulled up track. This is after years of training, four years, you know, two years of pandemic of additional training. And my one day, 30 minutes in, I was, I was done. I tapped out. I went up. I was, I didn't even know I was going to be given an opportunity to come back the next day. I was, I was in tears. Like my mom was there to support me. My, my partner, Nick was there to support me, like love them so much. And it was this moment. And, you know, I was like, how did this happen today? And then just this incredible opportunity to, to come back and do it the next day. Cause the UCI officials were still there and give it a second go um, and to go out and do it you know, it, it goes back to kind of dreaming big, but I had a goal and I was going to do it. Right. And even if I wasn't going to prevail on that day, it was the ability to accomplish the goal that you set out and that yeah. journey and getting there. So that's why I always kind of say, set your goals, set your limits, understand that you might fail to reach those limits, but at least if you tried and you did absolutely everything you could, that's what, that's what true dreaming is. And it's not failure in the end, regardless of the outcome, because you got there. Yeah. And that's, I think the big part, right? Like we're not in Disney world here, everybody, right? Like I absolutely <laughs> love Disney, but you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. It's not all, fairy it's not tale. a fairy tale. No, not a fairy tale. Right. And I think oftentimes we teach our younger generations and we teach ourselves, just like you said, that we teach these dreams, but then we, we also fail on teaching the fact that Dreaming doesn't always end the way that we would have thought it would, but sometimes I always love it. And this comes from definitely, I'd say getting a little older and dealing with people that are older is it's the outset and the ability to look back on what came out of the dreams and the, and that journey getting you there that I always kind of say, that's the inspiration. And that really is the outcome of the goal, if that makes sense, because yeah. it's this fabrication of imagine, you know, all the people you might touch along that, that small dream that you had and that goal that you set to accomplish that or the larger one, just all the other things that you've touched and all the other things that you did to get there and the learning and leadership um, that you have that ability. So that's kind of the differentiator for me. I know it's a little bit of a long explanation, but I hope no, you I... really fall in love with that. Um, yeah. Because yeah, we can dream big and we can set those and we can also dream small and there's no, there's no better of the either. Yeah. No, no, I love it. And I just really quickly was going to get you just ex to explain, because we haven't totally explained what this one hour was that you were talking about in August. What were you actually trying to do? Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, for those that are cyclists and those that are not cyclists, I'll give you the non-cyclist view so people can understand it. Um, so there's this incredible, op incredible, I guess, discipline within the UCI, which is the major international governing body for cycling union, cycling international, um, they're headquartered in Europe. So if you're watching a lot of the pro races, majority of them, obviously most now would recognize the men's races, but we're going to start to see more women's come out, which is exciting, but your Giro d'Italia, Giro de Rosa, or your Tour de France, that's the same governing body that oversees it. One of the events that's really becoming super popular is the UCI one hour. It's one hour on the clock. It's on a closed environment. Those closed velodromes. Yes. Those crazy yes. ones with the really like steep embankments. Uh, totally and, scary. Yeah. 
<laughs> you get to ride the black line. So honestly, you're, you're on the flattest part of the track and it is, you know, balls to the walls, all out redlining for an hour to oh see the goodness. distance you can cover over an hour. So it's, it's a, it's a sprint, but it's not. So it's yeah. really, if you listen to like Sir Bradley Wiggins or some of these incredible athletes that have gone out to defeat these records over the course of the last 20 plus years or Evie Stevens here in the U S um, it, it's incredible to hear their story of the resilience and the fact that they had been incredible elite road cyclists and or track cyclists. But this one hour is the beast. It's known as like just the mental grit, the toughness and, I don't know, Susan, I kind of look back now and I go, what the heck was I thinking? <laughs> I um, just don't know how you don't like even, I mean, an hour of just going around a hour. circle like that, you, it would do your head in. It's, uh, yeah, and you're dealing with, you know, vortex and, uh, you know, the environment, the barometer. I was doing it in, there's two locations that a lot of records are um, held in. And there's reason because of the environment, right? You want a very very minimal um, air density. Um, you want high quality of um, airflow, uh, heat. Obviously, does a lot of that in altitude. So, at high altitude in the middle of Mexico, in Aguascalientes, um, is this beautiful indoor cycling track that a lot of records have been broken. And the other one is in Switzerland, um, where we're seeing a lot more of the records come out of right now. Um, and a lot of the European um, men and women are uh, doing the attempts there. And I think it helps too, from the standpoint, a lot of them are over there as professionals and yeah. they're in Europe, so they don't have to travel as far. But yes. that being said, it's been super cool. So, I, yeah, like I, you know, for me, I decided in 20, oh, 2017, I'm trying to remember, I I literally announced it at an incredible women's event on International Women's Day, the Women's International Business um, Community, WIBC, Sandra Tissia had me there as a presenter. And I remember it was like the first time I was really nervous and I was talking on stage and it was the day that I announced, I'm going to put my shoes back on. And I'm going to go back to training as a power athlete. I'm going to see if I can change from this Ironman slash long distance athlete back into a speed demon, wow. right? Like kind of just to set the record straight that as a mature woman, you could actually absolutely put your mind to something and accomplish it. And 2017 and 2020 was supposed to be my record. We all know what happened. May, 2020 was my set date, March, 2020, you know, not even two months prior to this incredible attempt, the world shut down mm -hmm. and it was definitely that goal, but yeah, the one hour is, um, it, for anybody that doesn't know it, please like definitely check it out. It's the stories now that are coming out and the feats that are really starting to shine on some of the pro men and women that are doing these attempts. You start to really start to a learn the athlete behind, behind it and the mental aptitude that goes into it. I, I, I just, I had such a great time, Susan. And, and honestly, like masters do it as well. I, I talk about goals and, and dreams, you know, my dream was to get there. I set the goals. I stuck to those goals in the, in the pandemic. I set more goals because they had to be extended. The dream was still there, right? Yes. Yes. It just wasn't happening as soon as we thought it was going to. And the journey, the more now that I look back and I go, wow, what did that do for me during the lockdown is absolutely magical because it kept my mental sanity. Um, you know, I think a lot of people would have, would attest to the fact of, yeah, you know what, I got into more sport or activity because I needed to, this was just for me, a, an incredible chance to elevate my sport. It gave me more time. It gave more time to my relationship as well, because Nick was able to help me out. Um, cause we were both at home. So he was doing a lot of the motor pacing that I typically would have been doing with somebody else. Yeah. Um, and just special moments. I look back and go, wow, like I'm forever grateful for yeah. these. And 
and the ability to meet some other crazy athletes that were doing record time. Like there was a 72 year old, like Mary Ellen shout out to you girl. And I'm going to send you this podcast because you should be listening to this. She was 72 years old and she broke the one hour in her age group. And no she way. beast and she's out of, she's out of California lawyer, still active. So when I think about me, I'm like, wow, she, she inspired me, Susan, and motivated me to realize man, like she's, she is, she is gung ho and man, does she have a lot of energy. So go girl, go. I'm like, you know, Oh, I love that. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. So for those people though, that are maybe have just been a bit slack or just, you know, have been too busy, have said, I'm just too busy in life. I just can't do it. They're thinking, here comes another year, I'll try it again, whatever. I don't know. What what's the advice? I mean, we've said we've spoken about having the dream, the having the hope and the goals are like for me, goals, yeah, it's like you've said, they're like the sense of agency to get you there. But I mean, what happens? You 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 know, you set the goal of I want to lose 10 kilos, and you know, there's a party on the third of January. What are you gonna do? Yeah. So all this is this is my method. Now, obviously, there's a lot of personal trainers, yeah. nutritionists, mental health coach out there, right? This is what I always say to everybody: incorporate fitness and wellness into your life. Don't mm-hmm. limit it, and do not set weight goals. Get out and just do. And that doesn't slow you down from having the fun and the parties, but it's add to your already existing schedule with taking care of yourself. Because guess what? If you don't showing up to some of those parties in the future is not going to happen. So I always kind of say the best investment we can do into the future is in ourselves, because by doing that, we're only going to be able to reinvest in others. That's including our loved ones, our relationships with our our spouses and or our loved ones and our family and our kids and our friendships. So it's, you know, I, I think oftentimes people set too high expectations and too many goals of like, boom, January 1st, I'm going to the gym. It's my first time in 10 years that I've done this. I'm going hard and they go and you, you see, I know you're laughing because you know, this It's like, I've seen, I see these people. I've seen this, like they come in, they're they're given or they go to the spin (laughs) class. Then they go to the body pump class. Then they do the core class. And like four hours later, they're still there. And like, they feel really good. And they do that for about five days. And they're like, oh my God. Or I'm thinking like after those two days, then all the muscle pain starts to hit. And then they're like, I can't move. (laughs) You can't even move. You can't even sit on the toilet seat, let alone like think about walking up the stairs to bed or down the stairs to like, it's just, I get it. Like I see these, I I have friends that are in this circle. So I always kind of, I'm like, you know, it's all about just doing, it depends on your level, right? So everybody's got goals. And that's what I always kind of say is like, for me, with most of my friends, I try to set that expectation of, look, if you can do something three times a week for 30 minutes and you, it, it, and it doesn't have to be hardcore, like even starting the year, it's like, go for a walk. If you live in winter wonderland, go for a snowshoe, get outside, get the fresh air, get the vitamin D incorporate something that you think is fun. Right. Yes. And so for some people going to the gym is not what they no. want to do. Right. Yeah. So is it tennis? Is it hiking? Is it using their backyard? But I think for us, like I always say to people, 
it's, it's about pushing your, pushing your body to something that, yeah, it's not the comfortable, but it's not the uncomfortable. It's the challenge. Yes. And I think that's where, you know, people sometimes will just go over bar and, and it's a long-term initiative. I always say to people, look, if you're in this to lose five pounds or 10 pounds, you'll lose the five, 10, 10 pounds, but guess what? You're going to put it right back on because you haven't changed your lifestyle. Yes. You've gone and set a goal. You've hit the goal. And now what? Yeah. And I set another goal. I mean, even just listening to you, hopefully everyone can tell that, I mean, fitness is not just about your body either. The, the, <laughs> the thing that matters yes, most is, yes. is your mind. That's right. Your mind, your heart, your spirit, because it's, it's a mental game. It's, it's a mental, it's honestly, I always say to people, especially as you get older, and this is really interesting. And we have, we have a choice, right? And the biggest thing we can choose is what we stick into our bodies. So I'm like going, I always make this reference to a lot of people. We love high performance cars. They're beautiful to look at. They run great, but guess what? They run on optimal gas. They need to have their engine checked. You got to take care of them to make them run optimally. And well, guess what? If you don't do the tune-ups, if you don't put the optimal gas in, that car is not going to beautifully run and perform for you. So it's the same thing with our bodies, right? As we age, what we put into our mouths to feed ourselves our system filters all of that, right? Like it cleans it. It makes sure you get the right carbs, the sugars, the fats, like all the process. And let's face it, like there's a ton of garbage even in the food that we think is good for us today. Yeah. So our body has to synthesize that, expel of it. So I always go, you know, check in with your engine, right? Like again, going to that party on the 3rd of January, maybe instead of having half a bottle of wine or a bottle of wine or taking like the alcohol, maybe go and have a non-alcoholic beverage night. Go and have some, you know, cut the booze out or just have a glass of wine. So it's kind of making smart, conscious decisions. Like I go to a lot of events, especially at this time of year. Yeah. And I very much am applauding that there's the fact that there's these non-alcoholic gin and vodka companies coming out, that there's a huge kick towards, yeah, like let's make sure that there's 50% vegetables and healthy produce and foods out on the charcuterie boards and on the tables at our shared meals. Because again, it's just encouraging that healthy wellness. And I think that's where, you know, we do have the control of what we kind of put into our mouths. It's not all about, you know, going out and running half marathons to burn the calories. I think it's a balance of both. Right. And that is your mental strength and aptitude to be able to kind of think about, you know, falling in love with healthy eating. And I honestly, Susan, I think I'm pretty fortunate because I grew up with a family that eating, cooking at home and eating well was a big part of our life. And I'm so grateful for growing up in that environment because for me, chopping up vegetables is a part of my daily routine. Yeah. Uh, and I know it's not a part of like 95% of any of my friends. I consider all the time I'm going, take your Sunday afternoon, chop up a bunch of vegetables and pre-make your salads and, and stuff. So it's just easy to grab. So instead of a chocolate bar, you're pulling out the hummus and the vegetables. Yeah. Right? Like you know, having a chocolate bar is not a bad thing. It's a treat. Yeah. It's not a day daily thing. You, sh- you don't need to have that daily thing. So yeah. And sometimes like, when you, if you do have it and then you're like, you know, kicking yourself for doing it, it's again, it's just getting you into that negative cycle. Negative space, yeah. I, I will put my hand up to say that, although I, since I've lived here, I go to the markets most every Saturday. And so I do try and get my fresh veggies in, but right. I'm that person, you know, I'm a mom of three and I, I break out the frozen bag of vegetables 
because I know, oh, you know what? they're still veggies. They're still, they're still veggies and they're just as good. And you know what? You right. can steam. Absolutely. At, you know, from a nutrient content, you can get, get as much out like some from frozen broccoli by putting it into the steamer. You're not going to get much different from if you steam your fresh broccoli that you're getting. That's it. So, and I think that, I think that as well, maybe sometimes people forget that no matter how fit you are, no matter how much you, um, you know, well, it's like your story of the going, going for the, the world record and pulling okay. out that first day, you know, no, just cause you're as fit as you are, doesn't mean you're not going to fail sometimes make mistakes. You know, it doesn't mean that you don't get sore and I mean, I train, I train four times a week, but awesome. I'll tell you what, pretty much every, it, it gets to the end of every week and I am so sore. <laughs> there is, <laughs> there is, you are no- training with Pauline though. So I, I know this, I know, you can't go wrong with- <laughs> I know. but I'm like, do I ever stop hurting? And yeah, is it going to ever feel good? Yeah, yeah no, exactly. no, it's, but it's like, and, and, but in my mind, I'm like, it's good pain. And as Pauline, Pauline says, you got to pay to look sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the you price gotta, to look sexy. Time. She's like, <laughs> you can tell Pauline, I say hi. And definitely uh, for any viewers, Pauline is uh, a former Olympic athlete, an incredible woman down from the Bahamas, very fast woman. Uh, but yeah, you know, definitely. I think, yeah, Susan, I think for everybody, again, like it goes to those goals and it's not, it's not feeling bad. Like we, we, food is a big part of culture all over the world, right? So food and exercise and well-being, like we all need to take our part in doing that for ourselves and being conscientious, if I can get the word out, conscientious of of the fact of like, what is in our surroundings of what can we do? And same thing, like when it comes to party times, especially around this time of year and going into the, into January, which, you know, obviously in the first week of January, there's still lots of good parties and food Um, is kind of like not feeling that guilt. And I think that's the biggest thing is like, don't feel guilty. Like, yeah. trust me, there's, you're a normal person and you, we have, you're allowed to celebrate and, and go and have that piece of cake and go and do those things. I think it's, it's just a balance. And that's where it's, again, encouraging healthy living and wellness is not a one-year goal. It is a lifetime goal. If you make that choice to do it for 2023, this means that you're making that choice, not just for 2023, that you're making this choice as a continuum in your life. And it will become a part of your habitual pattern in life and a part of who also your friends, your friends will see this, your children will see this, you you know, your community will see this. And that's all of a sudden, you know, I I think for myself, like, look, like we met at the run for Pompeii in the Bahamas, that's a sporting event and it's a fun sporting event. And of course, now I've encouraged a bunch of women in my life that next year we're going to use it as a fun getaway and a vacation, but they're going to start to train to do the 10K or the half marathon months beforehand as a part of their goal for their year. But they're going to continue to do other things. So I think it's just, you know, having fun and being able to capture the other people in your life that would encourage and and also be a part of those goals that you want to become a part of it. Make it fun, make it fun, make it part of your life. I know it shouldn't be like, oh, I'm on a diet. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to get up. That's it. You know, for me, it's my, that's, you know, it's like my girl time. Yes, I get up at 4.30 in the morning, but it's my girl time. And that's, that's a special time for me. So I love it. it. 
I know that's it. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Okay. So I completely forgot at the, at the beginning. So now I'm going to change it up again and say, okay. how, how are you checking out Angela? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> how am I checking in? What's the, what is this check-in accountability? Measure? Yeah. Now, so now how um, are you checking out? How are you checking out? How are you feeling now? Yeah. Um, I am feeling, so let's put it this way. I, I, I check in on a daily basis. It's almost something I do for the first five minutes of awareness. Um, that's just me. So So you do it with yourself. Yeah. With myself. Right. So it's a way that I like to start the days. Um, oftentimes, you know, I think the days, as you mentioned, like four 30, it's your time. Nobody else is bugging you. So I never look, I never look at my phone for the first few minutes. Um, I always, other than if the alarm needs to be set, if it is a very early morning, but I make it a point to be cognizantly aware while I'm waking up and allowing my body those moments to really understand where, why I'm here, why I'm grateful, um, what are, and who are that I'm talking to today. Like oftentimes it gets a mental checkpoint of remembrance and reflection of who I'm having good conversations with. And I think it just prepares my body and my mind to be present because oftentimes I think we lose ourselves in the presence and that's checking in for me is really that ability to say, I'm Angela, this is who I am today. This is why I'm here. This is the purpose that I'm here for. And this is what I want to drive forward. And it keeps me accountable to my value proposition in life. Right. And I think that's where I'm I'm really rooting myself because I think oftentimes there's so much opportunity out there now that we can get pulled in all sorts of directions. That for me, checking in and becoming aware again of like this is my path and this is what I've got to do to stay the course to get to the goals I've outlined. So me personally, um, today's a great day. I'm pretty pumped. Obviously, uh, I started my day with a workout um, bright and early alarm went off and uh, I am on the Pacific coast. So I'm three hours behind. So it was, it was hard not to look at my phone, to be honest this morning. Cause of course at like six o'clock, it's already nine o'clock Eastern. Um, so and I might've sent so a few I, messages already. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's all right. That was, I was done, but yeah, no, I, you know, definitely got up, got my workout in focused on that day, got, got the good b- b- body pump going, um, bod- body flow, I should say in my, in my sense with my blood. Um, it was a leg day. It was really good. But that being said, I think for me, yeah, just checking in today has been really awesome. And I'm excited for myself, for the listeners and the viewers for 2023, because right now for the first time in a very long time, I'm, I am not pursuing in the sense of like any incredible world records. I'm pursuing a change in my life to focus on my business and potentially starting a family with my loved one. And that's a very different switch. And I think that's going to be a really neat topic to talk about um, to women in business and female founders, because I I know as an entrepreneur, it's uh, having a child, we don't get the same support as if having a career. So I'm uh, excited, but I'm also scared and I'll be leaning on on friends and and viewers and and people in my network to help me support through this next journey in my life, um, which is a part of that vision board. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, wow. I love that. Oh my goodness. And well, do you know what? How about, I think that's my, maybe you've set me my challenge to myself (laughs) and, and maybe it's a challenge to our listeners because for me, I guess I feel like your, your check-in is an integral part of then being able to set those goals and reminding yourself of what those goals are and who you are, you know, who you want to be each day. So 
maybe that's that would be a challenge. That's the challenge that I'm I'm setting for everyone to start their day with a self check-in. I love that. Yeah, self check-in. Five minutes max. That's all you need. Yeah. Don't little, don't little, hit the phone little. first. Don't look at the phone first. And it's okay, isn't it? I mean, I've had a few, I've had a few low days. So it's okay though. I, I have to keep reminding myself that it's okay to wake up and be, no, I'm not mega chirpy self today. That's okay. Yeah. Absolutely. There's Absolutely. a there's a reason. There's a reason for it. Something else is going to come out of it, but hey this is my goal for the day. This is who I am. This is who I hope to show the world today. So I love that. Thank you so much for that idea. (laughs) Welcome. No problem. Glad, glad to share. (laughs) Oh, thank you. And thank you for your time today, Angela. It's been such a pleasure talking to you and I will, I'll put down all of the different ways that everyone can find you uh, on social media and contact you as well. And, um, I look forward to finding out more about everything as it, as it happens. And don't forget March 7th, you'll be receiving a birthday sing, a sing, a singing song for birthday. I think I'm going to start a trend here. It might have to be a TikTok account. I know. Well, and I know, but I'm not on TikTok. Well, I am on TikTok, but I don't really know how to use it. But I'll do, um, you know, I'll do, I'll do, yeah, maybe it will be Instagram seems. Well, I'll have to follow the social means. It might be TikTok for certain yes. people, Instagram for others. Yes. You can do it on both. Lauren can help me with this. But I'm totally going to be looking out for your, for your, your singing message. And I'm going to know that it was because I set the challenge. well thank you everyone for listening thank you Angela remember please like subscribe comment share um let's spread Angela's story and because this is these are women who we need to be supporting and showing off to the world thank you so much everyone and I will speak to you soon